0: Section sixteen of Young Folk's Treasury Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellie Cat. Young Folk's Treasury Volume 2 Edited by Hamilton Wright Maybe. Section 16: Why the Fish Laughed. As a certain fisherwoman passed by a palace, crying her fish, the queen appeared at one of the windows and beckoned her to come near and show what she had. At that moment a very big fish jumped about in the bottom of the basket. Is it a he or a she? inquired the queen. I wish to purchase a she-fish. On hearing this the fish laughed aloud. It's a he, replied the fisherwoman, and proceeded on her rounds. The queen returned to her room in a great rage and on coming to see her in the evening, the king noticed that something had disturbed her. "'Are you indisposed?' he said. "'No, but I am very much annoyed at the strange behavior of a fish. A woman brought me one to-day, and on my inquiring whether it was a male or female, the fish laughed most rudely. "'A fish laugh! Impossible! You must be dreaming!' "'I am not a fool!' i speak of what i have seen with my own eyes and have heard with my own ears passing strange be it so i will inquire concerning it on the morrow the king repeated to his vizier what his wife had told him and bade him investigate the matter and be ready with a satisfactory answer within six months on pain of death the vizier promised to do his best though he felt almost certain of failure for five months he laboured indefatigably to find a reason for the laughter of the fish. He sought everywhere and from every one. The wise and learned, and they who were skilled in magic and in all manner of trickery, were consulted. Nobody, however, could explain the matter, and so he returned broken hearted to his house and began to arrange his affairs in prospect of certain death, for he had had sufficient experience of the king to know that his majesty would not go back from his threat. Among other things, he advised his son to travel for a time, until the king's anger should have somewhat cooled. The young fellow, who was both clever and handsome, started off whithersoever fate might lead him. He had been gone some days, when he fell in with an old farmer, who also was on a journey to a certain village. Finding the old man very pleasant, he asked him if he might accompany him, professing to be on a visit to the same place. The old farmer agreed, and they walked along together. The day was hot, and the way was long and weary. "'Don't you think it would be pleasanter "'if you and I sometimes gave each other a lift?' said the youth. "'What a fool the man is!' thought the old farmer. Presently they passed through a field of corn ready for the sickle, and looking like a sea of gold as it waved to and fro in the breeze. "'Is this eaten or not?' said the young man. Not understanding his meaning, the old man replied, "'I don't know.' After a little while the two travellers arrived at a big village, where the young man gave his companion a clasp-knife and said, "'Take this, friend, and get two horses with it. But mind and bring it back, for it is very precious.' The old man, looking half-amused and half-angry, pushed back the knife, muttering something to the effect, that his friend was either a fool himself, or else trying to play the fool with him. The young man pretended not to notice his reply, and remained almost silent till they reached the city, a short distance outside which was the old farmer's house. They walked about the bazaar and went to the mosque, but nobody saluted them or invited them to come in and rest. "'What a large cemetery!' exclaimed the young man. "'What does the man mean?' thought the old farmer calling this largely populated city a cemetery on leaving the city their way led through a graveyard where a few people were praying beside a tomb and distributing chapatis and kulchas to passers-by in the name of their beloved dead they beckoned to the two travellers and gave them as much as they would what a splendid city this is said the young man now the man must surely be demanded thought the old farmer I wonder what he will do next. He will be calling the land water, and the water land, and be speaking of light when there is darkness, and of darkness when there is light. However, he kept his thoughts to himself. Presently they had to wade through a stream that ran along the edge of the cemetery. The water was rather deep, so the old farmer took off his shoes and pajamas and crossed over, but the young man waded through it with his shoes and pajamas on well i never did see such a perfect fool both in word and deed said the old man to himself however he liked the fellow and thinking that he would amuse his wife and daughter he invited him to come and stay at his house as long as he had occasion to remain in the village thank you very much the young man replied but let me first inquire if you please whether the beam of your house is strong the old farmer left him in despair and entered his house laughing "'There is a man in yonder field,' he said, after returning their greetings. "'He has come the greater part of the way with me, and I wanted him to put up here as long as he had to stay in this village. But the fellow is such a fool that I cannot make anything out of him. He wants to know if the beam of this house is all right. The man must be mad, and saying this, he burst into a fit of laughter. "'Father,' said the farmer's daughter, who was a very sharp and wise girl, this man whosoever he is is no fool as you deem him he only wishes to know if you can afford to entertain him oh of course replied the farmer i see well perhaps you can help me solve some of his other mysteries while we were walking together he asked whether he should carry me or i should carry him as he thought that would be a pleasanter mode of proceeding most assuredly said the girl he meant that one of you should tell a story to beguile the time oh yes well, we were passing through a cornfield when he asked me whether it was eaten or not and didn't you know the meaning of this father he simply wished to know if the man was in debt or not because if the owner of the field was in debt then the produce of the field was as good as eaten to him that is it would have to go to his creditors yes 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 of course then on entering a certain village he bade me take his clasp-knife and get two horses with it and bring back the knife to him are not two stout sticks as good as two horses for helping one along the road he only asked you to cut a couple of sticks and be careful not to lose his knife i see said the farmer while we were walking over the city we did not see anybody that we knew and not a soul gave us a scrap of anything to eat till we were passing the cemetery but there some people called to us and put into our hands some chapatis and colchas so my companion called the city a cemetery and the cemetery a city this is also to be understood father if one thinks of the city as the place where everything is to be obtained and of inhospitable people as worse than the dead the city though crowded with people was as if dead as far as you are concerned while in the cemetery which is crowded with the dead "'you were saluted by kind friends and provided with bread.' "'True, true,' said the astonished farmer. "'Then just now, when we were crossing the stream, "'he waded through it without taking off his shoes and pajamas. "'I admire his wisdom,' replied the girl. "'I have often thought how stupid people were "'to venture into that swiftly flowing stream "'and over those sharp stones with bare feet. "'The slightest stumble and they would fall "'and be wetted from head to foot.' This friend of yours is a most wise man. I should like to see him and speak to him. Very well, said the farmer. I will go and find him and bring him in. Tell him, father, that our beams are strong enough, and then he will come in. I'll send on ahead a present to the man, to show him that we can afford to have him for our guest. Accordingly she called to a servant, and sent him to the young man with a present of a basin of ghee, twelve chapatis, and a jar of milk, and the following message o oh, friend the moon is full twelve months make a year and the sea is overflowing with water Halfway, the bearer of this present and message met his little son who seeing what was in the basket begged his father to give him some of the food his father foolishly complied presently he saw the young man and gave him the rest of the present and the message give your mistress my salaam he replied and tell her that the moon is new and that i can find only eleven months in the year and the sea is by no means full not understanding the meaning of these words the servant repeated them word for word as he had heard them to his mistress and thus his theft was discovered and he was severely punished after a little while the young man appeared with the old farmer great attention was shown to him and he was treated in every way as if he were the son of a great man although his humble host knew nothing of his origin at length he told them everything about the laughing of the fish his father's threatened execution and his own banishment and asked their advice as to what he should do the laughing of the fish said the girl which seems to have been the cause of all this trouble indicates that there is a man in the palace who is plotting against the king's life joy joy exclaimed the vizier's son there is yet time for me to return and save my father from an ignominious and unjust death and the king from danger the following day he hastened back to his own country taking with him the farmer's daughter immediately on arrival he ran to the palace and informed his father of what he had heard the poor vizier now almost dead from the expectation of death was at once carried to the king to whom he repeated the news that his son had just brought never said the king "'But it must be so, your majesty,' replied the vizier, "'and in order to prove the truth of what I have heard, "'I pray you to call together all the maids in your palace "'and order them to jump over a pit which must be dug. "'We'll soon find out whether there is any man there.' "'The king had the pit dug "'and commanded all the maids belonging to the palace "'to try to jump over it. "'All of them tried, but only one succeeded. "'That one was found to be a man.' thus was the queen satisfied and the faithful old vizier saved afterward as soon as could be the vizier's son married the old farmer's daughter and a most happy marriage it was end of why the fish laughed read by ellie cat